The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and we are here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. And thank you for joining us tonight. Good show as usual. Looking forward to it. Last week, the Triple Crown Trail began at Gulfstream Park, and things have officially started. Let the madness begin. This is the time of year that your antenna must be up and alert. We'll talk more about some of these stakes races here coming very shortly post-haste. Winning ponies, ready, willing, wanting for all the Triple Crown action, and we are already off and to the races, as they say, with a $660,000 bankroll for exotic wagers and growing every day. You can bet that that's going to continue, and I suggest that you jump on board. It's never too late to get in on the action. Just check it out, www.winningponies.com. Just don't take my word for it. As they say about the hair club for man, I'm not the president, but I am a subscriber and a believer. And I think you will be, too, once you actually check it out. Winningponies.com, very easy to use, very friendly, affordable, and they're not like the other sheets that they print out 72 hours in advance. Kind of like it that way. What's happening tonight? Recap of last week's big races. If they just let you out of jail, you're under a rock. Or if you just gave up the races last weekend on vacation, I'm going to get you caught up to speed. Talk about a couple of the big ones. Special guest this week is trainer Mark Hennig. You may have heard Mark. Very nice trainer indeed. Gentleman. Spoke to him quite a few times this week. Bet he started hearing my voice. Just joking. Good guy. I think you're going to like it. News in the world of racing. There's some sad, there's some good, there's some big, there's some bad. And then we do some final furlong handicapping. That's where yours truly, I put my nose to the grindstone Pulled out a couple winners. Actually, if you're checking out the blogs, I, I never never really pat myself on the back, but hopefully I'm hoping that you were on board. Actually gave it a winner at New York, paid 760 an exact called cold, and talked about a runner by the name of Winslow Homer actually appeared on the blog. So if you actually check that out, it was a $32 exacto paid nice. We're paying over 9 bucks. Just hope you were aboard. doesn't matter. No pat on my back. I just want to be a pat on your wallet. So we talked about what's happening tonight. Let me run down recap of last week's races. Aqueduct, January 23rd, race number three, the Pomonic Stakes. Winner goes to the two, Wall Street Wonder, Channing Hill aboard. Eight and a half length winner, Vigorous Handride indeed, as I went back and looked at it, paying 730 to win 
for John Terranova. Then we shift down to the Big Easy at Fairgrounds. In January 23rd, race number six, the Colonel E. All Bradley Handicap, a grade three event. Mile and the 16th on the turf. $100,000 up for grabs. Winner is the four, El Caballo, Robbie Alvarado in the iron, scoring by three and a quarter lengths. Got clear and was kept to task down the lane, paying 540 to win for trainer Ralph Nix. Robbie A., no stranger to winner circle of Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds race number seven, Louisiana Handicap, a mile and 16th on the dirt, only $75,000 up for grabs. Winner's the two. You might recognize the top two finishers. The winner is the two. Friesian Fire with Sean Brismahan by length and three quarters. Kept to task and was clear down the lane, paying 580 to win. Second was the one general quarters, Robbie Alvarado in the irons. Three wide bid, made a move best of the rest. But Friesian Fire goes on for Steve Asmussen, general quarters Tom McCarthy, who had last year's sentimental derby runner with general quarters. Fairgrounds race number eight from last Saturday, the Tiffany Last Stakes. Mountain 40 on the dirt, $75,000 up for grabs. Winners of three, Jody Slew, Miguel Mena aboard. Miguel overcoming the demons. Back in action, and I like to see it. Wins by a half a length at a big price of over 23 to 1. Jody Slew paying 48.60 to win for Brett Calhoun. Very nice, Miguel. Welcome back. Fairgrounds. Race number nine, the Dr. A.B. Legio Memorial Stakes. Five and a half on the weeds. Winners the five, Annihilation, James Graham. Nice little, nice little turf rider this guy is. Wins by a length. Outside rally just getting up, paying 12.80 for Dan Hendricks. I believe he, uh, believe he brings him out there in California. Hmm. I guess that fairgrounds money attracted him. Fairgrounds race number 10, LeCompte, grade three, mile and 40 on the dirt. Winner goes the 11, Ron, the Greek, James Graham again in the saddle. Wins by a length and a half. Wide rally. Gets up late at the wire. 17.60 to win for Tom Amos. Fairgrounds race 11. The Golden Memorial Stakes. Winner is the 1, Cash Reef on Brian Hernandez Jr. Winning by two and a half lengths. Cleared, and once he cleared, he kept his nose straight and went right to the winner's circle. 6.60 to win for Steve Margolis who is in Fuego on fire and anything that you want to throw in there. Steve Margolis is having 2010 has been a great year kicking off for Margolis. I sure hope he keeps it up. He's a really good guy, quiet. Uh, I remember when he was a bit younger as a trainer, and uh, he was no nonsense, but but a nice guy. And and he really worked hard, and it's paying off in spades. He's ended tearing him up at fairgrounds and watching when he ships out of fairgrounds as well. Gulfstream Park, race number nine, the Holy Bull. This is where the Triple Crown party starts. Winners of six, Winslow Homer, Ramon Dominguez, shipping him from New York for this winter by three-quarters of the lake, splitting horses at the top of the lane. Bumped at the start and prevailed down the lane, paying 960 to win. And here is that cold exacto we talked about in the blog. Winslow Homer and Jackson Bend right together. But Winslow Homer trained by Tony Dutrow, and he and Ramon Dominguez, they team up very well together, kind of like that. Anytime Dutrow ships in, I believe, especially from either Delaware or Philly Park, uh, you can bet all guns are a-blazing. 
Then we ship out to Santa Anita for the Palos Verdes, grade two, six on the all-weather track. $150,000 up for grabs. The winner is the eight. Kinzel King, Martin Garcia between the ears, wins by half a length. Dual between and held them all, paying 20-20 to win for Carl O'Callaghan. Very nice indeed. Turfway Park, the Forgo Stakes. Six and a half on the all-weather poly track. $50,000 up for grabs. Winners the two, Flavor. Rex Stokes the third in the saddle. Winning by three, nice links off the rail. Driving down a lane and had to get after him a little bit, but just opened up and made it look easy. Paying 3D to win for Joe Woodard and Billy Hayes. These guys, everywhere they go, they win. If they're a Beulah, if they're in New York, no matter where they're at, they are winners. Let me read you something real quick here. You know I like to play all the contests, and I'd like to throw out a couple well wishes to many, many people. Good friend of mine, Rich Nielsen, David Turner, and Brian Feldman. Good luck, boys. Know a whole lot of other people, but these three guys really, they keep a place in my heart. And it says how to reach day one of the NHC in peace. And this is according to the Daily Racing Forum. The 11th annual Daily Racing Forum NTRA National Handicap takes place Friday and Saturday at the Red Rock Resort with an estimated $930,000 up for grabs. But Thursday is an important day as well. As most of the 302 contests also won airfare and will be flying in, checking into a hotel and handicapping the first day's cart. It's a stressful day, but the ones who handle it are often the ones who fare well over the weekend. Or at least that's what I've been told by many of the past winners and top finishers over the years. Here's a look at what the contestants can expect. They'll arrive at McCarran International Airport, located off the Las Vegas Strip, and the Red Rock is located on the far west side of the Las Vegas Valley and will have its complimentary shuttle for NHC qualifiers running every hour, which is very nice. Jason McCormick, director of the Race and Sportsbook, uh, host executive for the NHC final, said they'll have human arrows, I mean people just pointing your way, for the out-of-town contestants to the shuttles. It's a 50-buck cab ride. Tell you what, spend more on cab rides than you do actually eating out. Hey, that's a dangerous proposition for me. And then upon arrival at the Red Rock, which I heard is beautiful, finalists can go check in the rooms. And, and from there, it just gets better and better and better. 301 horse players are going to be going for the big one. It's Friday and Saturday. Defending champion John Conte, good luck to you. I like what he had to say. It was a quote from an old movie. I won't mention the movie. See if you can actually grab it. He says... When he goes to the window, the teller's already handing him his tickets already torn up. But 301 horse players are going to be going for it on the line out there at the Red Rock Casino and Spa in Las Vegas. Grab a hold of this one. 26th through 30th, get 1600 25th through 20, 21st through 25th, 2500 16th through 20th, 5,000 clams. 11th through 15th, 7,000. 10th is 10,000. Ninth is 11,000, eighth is 12,500, seventh is 15,000, sixth is 17,500, fifth is $20,000, fourth is $30,000, third, $75,000, second is $150,000, and top prize is a half a million dollars on the line. 
it is going to be great. No one has won the NEC twice, but you got to love it. Brian Wagner, good luck to you as well. He's trying to make NHC history. He won the 2009 NHC Tour. And he's trying to collect a little bonus of $2 million if he wins this weekend's NHC. There is a lot of money in the contest action. You know it, and you hear it, and you hear me talking all about it. There's nothing like it. I've only qualified once. I've played for about four, about four and a half years. I don't play in too many NTRA contests. But they're exciting as can be, and there's nothing absolutely like it for horse racing. I, I think you would find it hard-pressed. I suggest you give it a try. Well, it is time to head into our first break, and when we return, we're going to be talking with this week's guest, Mr. Mark Hennig, here on Winning Ponies. Well, I'm walking to the room, passing out hundred-dollar bills and a kill. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll free at 1 346 9144. That's 1 346 9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. 
and welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I am your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for joining us each and every Thursday as we talk about the sport of kings. This is our second segment, and Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on this week's special guest trainer, Mr. Mark Hedig. Good evening, Mark, and thanks for taking time to be with us. Hi, Ed. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, sir. Greatly appreciated, and I know a lot of our listeners uh, have been riveted, and I, I can tell by the number of hits that actually people uh, people really want to see you, uh, or they, excuse me, not see you, they want to hear, hear what you've got to say. And Mark, is this being your, uh, your first visit as our special guest, can you tell us how a young man attending Grove City High School got his start into the great world of racing? Well, as you know, Grove City is where Beulah Park is, um, and my father uh, is a trainer, John Hennig, or was a trainer. He trains now uh, babies. He gets babies ready for myself and Christophe Clement and some for Suge McGay in the wintertime, and he's been working for me at Saratoga the last few years in the summertime. But uh, he, uh, I went to high school there, and used to work in the morning before school and, and uh, go back on a different bus in the afternoon to, to go back to work after school. So uh, that was how I got my start from the time I was old enough to be productive at the barn. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I think you might be a couple years in advance. By any chance, did you ever run into the Beulah Twins on their way up? <laughs> no. no <laughs> I, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um I think they were, uh, I was long gone out of there by the time they came around. I think you would have remembered it if you, you know, maybe were in class or uh, you probably were a few years ahead of them in school, but uh, they are there. They were. They don't look quite as old the, as uh, <laughs> Quite the jewels of Beulah Park. That, and there's two things that, that really stay close to my heart. The Beulah Twins, which uh, Katie and Jenna uh, are just as sweet as they can be, and the Hillbilly Cheeseburger big slab of bologna and grilled onions and cheese, and uh, it only had about 7 million calories. But you know what? I always made my way to see both of them, all three of them. <laughs> there you go. But Beulah Park, uh, you know what? Great things come from uh, small places, and uh, Grove City, very quaint little place indeed. In 1984, you were in Saratoga with one of our past guests on here, Mr. Neil Howard. Uh, we talked a little bit offline, and Neil is just a great guy to have on. And what did, what did New York do for your horsemanship? Well, I mean, that, that was my first. I was actually going to college then at Ohio State, and I was out of school for the summer. And uh, my father, you know, he had an assistant steady crew, and, and he suggested that I work for Neil that summer, and I got lucky enough that I was rubbing horses for Neil, actually. I think I was 17 or 18. And uh, for my summer break, I was rubbing horses. I ended up rubbing a filly named Weekend Delight, and that was my first trip ever to New York, uh, we went up to Saratoga to run her uh, in the Skylerville Stakes, and she won as a long shot. And uh, it was a thrill of my life. I mean, it was just—I uh, had never been exposed to any of that. And that was back when the pink sheet came out right after the races, and uh, you know, see her picture on the front, and it was—it was a great experience, and sure gave me a taste of New York, and and made me anxious to get back there. Not that I ever dreamed I would. Well, it's it's definitely uh, it, it's a it's a fun bug that bites us, and once it gets in, you know, you you alluded to there, you uh, you spent some years at the Ohio State studying veterinary medicine. Has this given you an edge or a deeper understanding of the pharmaceutical uh, assistance uh, that you can use for your stable? 
Uh, probably not. I mean, I didn't get in. <laughs> I wasn't successful enough to get that far. I mean, I was just in the undergraduate studies. I never got into vet school. I never even, uh, I was there three years, but, but never got into that, that aspect of things, which is probably better. I might be I might be getting days like a lot of these other guys if I was. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a little dangerous, but you know what? It's just a minute testing, and it, it could flow through the air. And, and, I, and I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, I, we have an old curmudgeon uh, that trains on the backside. He's about 173. He said, I said, what's it take to be a trainer? He said, a calendar, you have to know a good farrier, and a daggone good vet. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he said he summed it up with that. And I said, you know, no, no other magic in his hat. And, I wasn't going to ask because I was kind of afraid. He kind of laid it down the line for me. You know, you did two years with uh, Hall of Famer D. Wayne Lucas, and uh, you were entrusted with your own division in 87 at 22 years old. Describe what it was like for a young trainer holding the keys to the car for some of the best thoroughbreds. You had Houston, Corporate Report, and Dance Floor for D. Wayne Lucas. What was that like at 22 years old? Um, that, that was Mind-blowing. I mean, I, I actually worked for Wayne for five years. I, I started in 87 and worked for him through ni- into uh, July of 92 when I went on my own. And uh, I was actually working at Del Mar for Jack Vanberg and got the job with Wayne. And and he wanted to send me to New York, which I uh, he, he shipped my car across the country and put me on a plane. And Jeff Lucas picked me up at the airport and took me to the barn and just that first walk down the barn, it was probably 9 o'clock at night, and uh, Winning Colors was a two-year-old at the time, as was, like, Tejano. Uh, there was, there was a, a Capote was a, a three-year-old. Uh, Lady Secret was there. Sakawista, uh Just a host of them. Clabber Girl. It was just a who's who of, of racing, and, I mean, it just blew my mind, and um, you know, it was hard work, a lot of hours, and uh, and uh, but you know, it, it it all paid off. And you know, Jeff Jeff was a great teacher. Wayne was a great teacher, and I, I actually spent that winter working with Kieran, who's my brother-in-law, um, and uh, as his foreman. And then it was the next year that I I got to go on my own, uh, and he sent me to Churchill and Gulfstream and places like that. It's amazing the names that you brought up. Neil Howard, Jack Vernberg, your father, D. Wayne Lucas. Uh, my goodness, I mean, it, it goes on and on. It's like, you know, how lucky could one guy get to actually come under the tutelage and the expertise and the, the horsemanship of so many talented individuals? I mean, it, it was almost, uh, you know, startling that you were going to be following that path. You mentioned Barry Irwin, and uh, I believe you had a winner in July of 92 at Hollywood Park. Was this uh, your coming out party? Yeah, that, I think that was my first one. What was that horse's name? Arabian Ace or something like that, I believe his name was. Uh, but that was my first winner, and it was Lafitte Pinkai's 6,000th or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Lafitte rode my first winner, and, uh, and I spent a, a few years in California before I headed back east. You know, you know. After I read that, and you know, what, what, you know, that's a way to really remember Lafitte and six thousand, and uh, that's that's a, that's kind of a nice little milestone marker there. Your first full year as a trainer, you ranked ninth in earnings, with four million dollars plus. You had six great stakes, including the Santa Anita Derby winner, Personal Hope, Grade One Arlington Million, Star Cozine. 
was it at this time you knew that you weren't uh, you weren't going to be in construction that your chart your chart was already your course was already charted? Yeah, I mean, I, I was very lucky, Ed, and and you know, I mean, I I was probably too young at the time to appreciate it because you know you you don't realize as grade ones are clicking off like that at that age, um, you know how how elusive they really are. I mean, they they are. Uh, there's a reason that being a grade one winner means something, and uh, you know I was I was blessed to have a lot of a lot of good people behind me and good horses, and uh, and certainly uh, you know my father was was probably my definitely my greatest influence. I mean he instilled a great work ethic, and uh, and that's where it all starts. You know if you can if you work hard. I mean Wayne never would have never would have had me around if I couldn't work, and uh, and that that is the only thing I would tell young people out there and I, I it scares me today to see how you know a lot of young young people that come in the game you know they just think they're entitled to it and and it doesn't come that way you've got to work hard and 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 make the right moves when you got a chance I mean my father was was unselfish enough to to send me to Jack Vanberg because he told me that if I was going to make it you know to what he considered the big time, I was going to have to work for somebody else. And, I, you know, I mean, he could have had me working for him, and I'd have been happy the rest of my life. And But he, uh, you know, he, he unselfishly sent me off to, uh, to broaden my horizons. And, in fact, he couldn't have sent you to some, some better folks. And, you know, Jack Van Berg, I've never had the pleasure of actually meeting. Uh, his son actually had some horses running in River Downs, some some many moons back, but you know I, ha- I have to ask you. Being from a, a big racing family, and and I read your father's name in the form and followed his runners for many many moons, and I'm glad to see that he's still in the game, breaking babies. Now I'm really going to zero in on that little tidbit, especially that uh, coming from a a long-standing horseman, a professional horseman. So I see those two-year-olds in your barn, or I see the three-year-olds in your barn. I know that they've come from good hands. But being in a, a racing family, is there a degree of friendly competitive dinners at Thanksgiving uh, with uh, with all the uh, racing uh, the racing players in your family? Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's real competitive, honestly. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know we all root for each other. Um, obviously, in the last few years, my father's been part of my team, so uh, you know I, I think. Uh, the one time I remember uh, that my dad beat me in a in a stake, I, I couldn't have been happier for him. And uh, and that that's uh, you know I, I think it's a little easier when everybody's successful and everybody's you know doing well. And uh, but uh, I think family comes first, and everybody needs to remember that. I I don't think there's any true words that are spoken. Uh, many of us lose uh, lose track of that from time to time. You know, gamblers have an adage, never uh, never gamble with someone that's never happy to see you win. When you mentioned that, you know, you were beaten by your father, you weren't uh, a little resentful, you weren't angry, you weren't unhappy, you were happy for him. And, you know, that, that brings a bright spot to my heart. We had Kieran McLaughlin on, and I'll tell you what, he was, he was so in, informant. He was just a wealth of information. I was going to say... He was really informative. No, that that doesn't do the trick. I mean, he was just kind. He was real, and he seemed just to be a really genuine horseman. And, I, and I'm sure he's a pleasure to be around. Yeah, he worked for my father too. I mean, uh, we were all there at one time together. He was there. Uh, actually, George Weaver, who trained in New York, was uh, 
hot walking for my father at the time. So a lot of us have worked there, and, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of us worked with Wayne together, George and uh, Todd, myself, uh, Randy Bradshaw, Dallas. Uh, I have a horse for Dallas down here that runs in the Sunshine Millions uh, on Saturday. So um, we've stayed close. It's, a, it's kind of a fraternity that, uh, you know, you're never going to break that bond. You know, and, and I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, it's racing is, is a world within a world. I mean, even from the, the, the smallest and the, the lowest of tracks to the, to the highest level of competition, when someone's in need, there's plenty of people there. I mean, all the, they'll try their hardest on the track to beat you, but when, it, when it's all said and done at the end of the day, it's, it's a world within a world, and I've never seen anything like it in the many years that I've actually worked on the other side but I've always enjoyed watching all the competitors. Mark, I have to ask you, where if you have your druthers of anywhere in the world, where do you like to keep your horses to train and why? Um, I love I love Belmont Park. I think it's a great uh you know, I like the, the variety and the and the big track and the little track and it's you know, on that mile and a half oval it's uh you know, horses stay relaxed. But I honestly, if I could train everywhere for the rest of my somewhere for the rest of my life and run conveniently out of there, it would be Payson Park, uh, which where I stable in the winter time. Horses do great there. Um, a lot of great horsemen go there and bring bring their horses, and a lot of good horses come out of there. Um, but uh, that's that's the training center in in uh, Indian Town, Florida. That we myself, Billy Mott. Christoph Clement, Shug has horses there. Um, Roger Atfield's there, so um, it's it's been a great place. And as far as a place to train, that would be it. But a racetrack to be at, I would like to be at Belmont. You know, I've heard so many wonderful things about Payson that it, it things move a little slower, but in a good way. The hustle and bustle for your runner, they're actually able to kind of quote let their hair down a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a great. You know, the the nice thing about it is you can, you know, even in the midst of training, we've got paddocks all around the barn. We can turn horses out during the day, and and uh, even if even if they're running and then training, and and it's it's a, once again a great group of guys, and everybody gets along super and uh, and roots for each other. There's you know there's you don't get a lot of. Uh, competitiveness and, and clickiness that you might get at a racetrack. But, uh, you know, it's the same guys keep coming there year after year, and the horses do well, and everybody's happy. You know, I, I have to ask you, it's, it's, it's on the, uh, the end of everyone's tongue, especially happening in California. With the synthetic tracks being examined, especially in California, what are your feelings on this surface? You know, I haven't raced over them much. I, I haven't uh, haven't been coming to Keeneland since they put the synthetics in. I, I've run a few horses like at Prescott, places like that. Um, I, I think my my opinion is basically that I, I think they got a little bit, uh, they got moving a little quick with them, somewhat like they did AstroTurf in stadiums years ago. And, uh you know, I, I think it was a little ridiculous for the state of California to demand demand that they have them. I mean, it, it, I'm all for the safety of the horse, but I don't know if in the long run, uh, you know, that is that is the answer. But you know, I, I think it's worth uh, continuing to to try and, and come up with the proper surface. 
but I, I don't like the swings in form that we see at times, and I'm sure it's hard on the gamblers. Oh, it's it's tremendous. There has been many articles written, you know, where uh, speed uh, gamblers have traditionally always played speed. Uh, you know, the Soki Sullivans they, they've won their heart over, but they've always played speed, and a lot of the uh, synthetic ovals play completely against that. You really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, it's got uh, got a lot of gamblers really befuddled. And uh, but you know there's a safety factor. It's really kind of a catch-22. There's a safety factor which we're hearing the safety of the animals. The horses are actually, from what I'm seeing, that they actually they tighten up and I mean they come back and especially the transition from from a, a synthetic to dirt, they come back a tighter animal and ready to run. Yeah, yeah I, I I can see that. I mean I I just like I said I have limited experience over those surfaces, so uh, I can't have a real strong opinion. Well, fair enough, and got to ask you this, Mark. Finally, you get some downtime. Where do we find Mark Hennig? Oh, downtime. Uh, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I mean, I spend a lot of time with my family. I've got five kids, and, uh, you know, we spend we spend a lot of family time. Uh, one of my favorite places in the world is uh, my in-laws have a, a country house in the Catskills where my cell phone doesn't work. I actually have to... <laughs> get in the car and drive about uh, three-eighths of a mile and sit on top of a mountain to use my cell phone. And uh, <laughs> if I can get away and go up there a couple days out of the summer or uh, spring, it's just the greatest place in the world because it's sitting on the top of a mountain. The views are great. It's quiet. And uh, sometimes you just need that. Oh, everyone needs to let their hair down. And, uh, well, I don't know when you do. Now, I was reading a bio and everything about you. Now, you have five children uh, uh, in, your, in, your, in your household? Uh, actually, I've got five, including my, I've got three stepchildren. So uh, we've got three in the household at all times and five a lot of times. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. They all get along great. And, uh Actually, we've got one that's gone away to college now and quite a few more on the way. So we've got three in high school now. So uh, the youngest is 11, and uh, the rest of them are all teenagers. And and, uh, we've got a uh, freshman, sophomore, and junior in in high school. Wow, that is an impressive stable right there. Mark, final question for the listeners who are following you in your professional footsteps. Do you have any words of wisdom for those out there that uh, that are trying to get up in the morning and uh, tie their boots on and, and want to make it? Well, I, I just think you got to keep doing it. <laughs> keep your head up. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days, and probably more bad than good for a long time. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I always go with the hard work and, and work ethic is the main thing. And, um, you know, an old horseman told me years ago, uh, James Eckrosh, who used to train in Chicago, um, when he found out I was going to train and go on my own, he, he told me, he said, young man, he said, I can give you one piece of advice, and that is never violate your common sense. Go with your gut. And uh, and I've tried to do that, but certainly I, there's been a lot of times I've kicked myself in the rear and said, oh, I made a mistake. I didn't go with my common sense. And uh you know, I think I think that'll get you a long way. Fair enough, definitely fair enough. Mark is a man from humble beginnings to the top level of the game. Winning ponies would like to thank you for your time, uh, for you and yours, and especially taking time out of your busy schedule to join us this evening. 
And uh, once again, I, I wish you, you and yours the best on and off the track, and thank you for taking time this evening. Well, thank you very much, Ed. Your show's doing well. Keep up thank the you very work. much, Mark. Thank you. Uh, best of luck. That's from Mr. Mark Henning. Very, very nice gentleman. And uh, I think uh, you learned a whole lot if you actually listened up. Uh, I think you'd be watching this stable and for the many people that are actually involved there. It's time we head out to a break. And when we return, we're going to be talking news from around the world of racing. And then final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. I sure hope you caught Mark Hennig. He was a true surprise. I spoke to him a few times this week and knew he was a pretty genuine fella and thought he'd be pretty good. But uh, after getting to chat with him, I definitely can't wait to see his horses run. If you notice, I, I never put the pencil on anyone, especially when they have big races coming up uh, 
a lot of trainers, they get a little touchy about that, and they might, <laughs> might get a little ugly in your face. But I think Mark Henning is a true class act, and he comes from good stock. Definitely enjoyed having him on. Hope you caught it. And if not, if you're just tuning in now, you can always jump in and catch it on the podcast. Humble beginnings to the top level of the game. Wow. Right now, I'm watching the Meadowlands Harness, Delta Downs, Woodbine Harness. It's just a Thursday evening. You're watching a little TVG, watching the trotters get behind the gate. No matter what, still fun to watch. Okay, it's during this time we do a little bit of news from around the world. I'm going to start off, I have a little sad news report, and um, this, is, this is very sad news because this rider actually uh, made his way to Riverdowns quite a bit and called it his home. Justin Vitek, 36-year-old jockey, dies of leukemia. The well-traveled jockey was diagnosed nearly two years ago with acute myelinginous leukemia. Mm. It's hard to believe because uh, he was just a really nice fella, and he died Thursday morning at the M.D. Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. He was 36 years old. Vitek grew up in the Houston area and began riding his career in 93 at Sunland Park in New Mexico. After spending several years at Southwest Tracks, he moved on to ride different circuits, Southern California, Washington, Illinois, for the last seven years of his career, Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. While his leukemia was in remission, he rode four times at Turfway Park, including a touching comeback on February 14th, St. Valentine's Day, 2009, when he finished seventh on Models Memo. He rode 763 winners from 8,209 mounts for earnings of more than $9.8 million. His biggest win came aboard grade two goldenrod stakes at Churchill Downs aboard Miss Pickham's in 2000. Justin is survived by his daughter, Bree, six years old, and his mother, Kathy. Justin, you're going to be missed, and uh, he was a very nice young man and uh, had the opportunity to get to meet him and at River Downs, we've uh, we've had a few um, a few silent auctions and things of that nature for for his benefit, and he will be missed. Three hundred one horse players going for the big one. I talked about that, John Conti. Now this guy is straight out of the movies. He's been living the dream. It's a dream. It's going to be chased by three hundred one horse players, including Conti, the eleventh national handicap championship at the Red Rock Resort in Las Vegas. Conte was given an automatic berth as defending champion. He's 69 of Oceanside, New York. He says he's just an ordinary guy trying to make ends meet, and he's always been paid weekly, very weekly. That is a line from every man that's, I'm not going to say con man, but every man that's been a slickster. I've been paid weekly, very weekly, said Conte, a longtime public handicapper for several publications, such as The Grass is Greener, his doubt sheets. After winning half a million dollars last year, changed his life. He said, all my bills were paid. That was great. He bought three claiming horses and trained by Richard Dutrow. And Conte obviously doesn't want his reign to end. He estimates his odds at repeating at 25 to 1 and says he has a little help from back home, saying with his thickest accent, I have my Uncle Frankie Cement, who has a shoe business in Brooklyn, talk to a few contenders to take it easy on me. Good luck, John. You're definitely a lot of fun. California thoroughbred trainers take position against synthetic services. California thoroughbred trainers seeking to replace the state's synthetic racetrack services with natural services. 
Mark Henning brought it up, and he didn't elaborate too much. I think he was being very kind. They're looking at going back to good old mud and nature dirt. Looking at Lucky, Vale of York lead the handicap list. Been named of 126 pounds in the co-highway to top the experimental free handicap for American T-Roll Colts and Geldings of 2009, while Blind Luck and Shebe Wild are 123 co-pound highweights in the Philly division. The experimental free handicap, Marty McGee from the Redelli Racing Forum, looking lucky in Vale of York. I think you're going to be hearing a lot from Vale of York. Frankie DeTore, jaw-dropping at Maydan. Has compared the new multi-million dollar facilities in Maydan to a spaceship from Star Wars. DeTore enjoyed great success at Maydan's predecessor, not Al Sheba, but could not hide his excitement as the opening night approached. Having ridden on the new Tapita surface in trials, the Italian says the track will be fair for everybody. Just as in a shell, you will drive to the track like it's Old Trafford. The Emirates and the Wembley all rolled into one, said DeTore. The sheer size of the absolutely jaw-dropping place is incredible. It's surreal. It is just unbelievable. Tapita's surface is very close to polytrack, and kickback is very minimal. And you can take a look at that. You can go to the racing news, and you can take a look at uh, Frankie DeTore. He's talking a little bit about that. And um, just wanted to throw it out here. Uh, you know, last week I brought it up. Last week I brought it up. And Michael Gill. Now, he, he was in, he was out, he was, he was going to be an owner. He got in, got out. Ray Pollock from the Pollock Report says it the way it is. He doesn't care as if he ruffles any feathers. And you know what? And I really like that. I really, really, really like that. And it said Wednesday was our third day of continuing saga of the Michael Gill story, the controversial mortgage broker, horse owner from New Hampshire, first broke the story on Monday about an incident that took place at Penn National when jockeys voted not to ride in future races where a field included a Michael Gill-owned horse. The jockeys took an unprecedented action after one of Gill's horses, trained by Daryl Delahousie, broke down past the finish line Saturday night's fifth race, causing a trailing horse to fall. Jockeys were quoted in subsequent reports published that they didn't feel it was safe because of what they said was an unusually high injury rate amongst Gill's horses. We did it for safety concerns, uh, jockey Tom Cliffin said, as quoted by the Thoroughbred Times. We got horses to the left, right, and snapping legs in front of us. It happens every time. Three or four guys behind him go down. At what point do you say, listen, this is getting out of control? So the jockeys, he said he, he, said he has nothing against Michael Gill. He said he's ridden races before for him. He's getting tired of watching his fellow riders go down, and they don't deserve that. Prominent owner Maggie Moss, like Gill, active in the claiming ranks, was following the story and contacted the Pollock Report Tuesday and asking if we would run her open letter to Gill, asking him to please get out of racing. Gill has been a longtime lightning rod for controversy in the industry. And all three stories created a firestorm of comments from readers, some anonymous, some posting under their own name. And the comments aboard can be tough. What's Gil going to do? He's going to threaten to sue the Pollock Report. Trust you me, that's not the first time Ray Pollock's ever heard anything like that. But jump on the Pollock Report. You can catch all of the, all the naysayers, all the people that actually have a little comment about that. He's not allowed to enter a pen. That's according to Marty McGee in the Daily Racing Forms.
pending results of the necropsies that have been performed on two gill horses who broke town last week at the Granville, Pennsylvania track. Sounds like the wagons are already circled around you, Mr. Gill. This guy's won an Eclipse Award. He's won a ton of money. He's got enough money. Move on out of the game, big dog. It's time to get back to it. You've got enough people wondering and worried, especially for those that their livelihoods are invested in it. They want to make it back home that night. You've won enough money. You've taken it down. And uh, good luck in taking on Ray Pollock, because this guy is one cagey animal. Love reading his stuff. Take a look at the Pollock Report. All right, it's time to do some handicapping. And we're going to go to Saturday. Can you believe it's already the 30th of January? It just seemed like uh, Christmas, and we were just ringing in the new year. How many of us have already broke our New Year's resolutions? Hmm. Me. I don't know if you have, but I definitely know I have. Third at Aqueduct, but I'm going to jump right on the bandwagon here because I'm going to start picking some winners. Third at Aqueduct, six furlong event, the correction handicap for $65,000. I like the two in here, Heaven's Voice, three to one, Ramon Dominguez in the iron. For Christopher Grove, made a middle move last time out, and I think we're going to see a closing effort here. Ships in from Laurel, and uh, been off since December 5th, so I, I kind of like that. Anywhere from 31 to 60 days off, and uh, Christopher Grove wins 25% of the time. Take a look at the work from January 23rd at Bowie, the old racetrack. Runs a very nice handily work, four furlongs, 45 and four. Plenty of speed in here to set up, and uh, I think this closer in the third race at Aqueduct, Heaven's Voice, will be heard. On to race number seven at the Big A, and in this uh, little event for claiming $7,500, scoring six panels, I like to vibe, and that's a favorite, uh, Rosie Napravnik in the irons for Randy Prasad, and dropping quite a bit. Two races back, claim for 75 then jumps up to claiming 12-5 and run a very even race in hand, three wide on the move, it says here, but dropping back down in class. I think this favorite was just outclassed last time. I think claiming 75 uh, and looks really good for this five-year-old gelding. Two for two in the money at the big A. Rosie knows how to ride. Ninth race, we're going to go to fairgrounds. We're going to go to the big easy, and we got the Krantz Memorial. And in there, I like the one category seven, and uh, just made a middle move last time out. Uh, definitely a horse for a course, six for six on the fairgrounds uh, turf oval. And uh, actually in the first sale, uh, Jack Yeremia is in the irons and uh, for Kenneth Hargrave. And I like category seven in the ninth race at fairgrounds at seven for you, too. I, I think you got to kind of like that price there. On to the sixth race of Santa Anita is the Sunshine Millions. Six panels, $200,000. Philly and Mare Sprint in here, and that is the sixth race of Santa Anita. They go back from Santa Anita down to Florida, and I like Via Venito here. Martin Garcia for Bullet Bob Baffert, who's winning 22% on the year. Exits a win, two for two in the money. Very nice four-year-old Philly by Orientate. Via Venito in the sixth race at Santa Anita. Seventh at Santa Anita, we're going to a mile and an eighth on the turf. In here, I like the two tight precision. Joel Rosario and Tom Proctor hook up. They're actually four for five in the money on the turf. And uh, if you're a buyer speed figure person, uh, you know, the layoff represents uh, something. If, if you're looking at the form, yeah, but I would say take a look at the tier levels as well to see where tight precision fits. 
This is second off of a layoff, and Proctor only wins 26% of the time. Seventh at Santa Anita, the two-type precision. Eighth race at Santa Anita, the Sunshine Million Classic, $500,000 up for grabs. I go to Geronimo, Brees Blanc for Michael Pender, who's winning 27% of the time. Two races back, the grade one Malibu ships in and had a nice win in an allowance event. Six furlongs to a mile and an eighth, and when you go sprinting to a route, they're looking for bigger and better things. you got to love it. Horse for a course here, six for seven at Santa Anita in the money. Second race at Gulfstream, we got six. Six furlongs for a nice allowance race here. I like a Fleet Express with, with J.R. Velasquez and Jimmy Jerkins. Uh, just broke a maiden on December 5th and been working like bullets at Palm Meadows. A Fleet Express in the second at Gulfstream. Race number seven at Gulfstream. And we've got a turf race here, and I like... Well, I also see Mark Henning's got a horse in here, but I'm going to go with Speakeasy Gal, Elvis Trujillo, and Marty Wilson, a well-known turf trainer, and this guy can get it done. Speakeasy Gal in the seventh at Gulfstream. The eighth race at Gulfstream, a $200,000 Sunshine Million race here, six furlongs. This is going to be one of my big plays of the day, Pashito the Che, Abar Cohen, Scott Lake teaming up. They lost by a nose last time out. Put the blinkers on. You cannot make an equipment change off of a win. Blinkers on, lost by a dirty nose, and then comes back and screams a beautiful bullet in the morning. Pashito the Che in the eighth race. Race number nine, the Sunshine Millions, Distaff, $300,000. And I like Sweet Repent with Manny Cruz and David Brady. Tenth race at Gulfstream. This is another one of my plays of the day here, and I'm going to hammer this one. If I've got the bullets, you can bet they're going to be hammered. $300,000 up for grabs. I'm going for Soldiers, Dancers, Manny Cruz, and David Vivian. Two for three in the money at Gulfstream on the turf, and that is plenty, plenty good for me. I like Soldiers, Dancer. I like the way the six-year-old gelding by Lost Soldier just carries himself, and I see big things happening in the tenth race at Gulfstream Park. The ninth race at Tampa Bay Downs. We're still in Florida, but we're going to shift sides. We're going to go to the Tampa Bay side. In here, I like the 13, Rising Fever, Rosemary Homeister, Lady H for Christophe Clement, going seven panels, a $65,000 race. Been off since Belmont of June 14th. Been working at Payson Park. Clement comes back very nicely. Two for two in the money. Heavily bet last time out. In my favorite angle, two off of the poly track and real fast the 11th race at turfway park the fifty thousand dollar webn i'll sum it up easy number seven karis kitten tommy pompel and mike maker get the candy in the webn stakes a fifty thousand dollar event at turfway park in race 11. well time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing winning ponies would like to thank this week's special guest mr mark hennig and you for tuning in so until next week when we'll be talking thoroughbred racing again, may all of your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.